You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Welcome back to Work On It Wednesday. Mike Callahan here with Dylan Rothenberg of the Simple Growth team, helping you work on your business and not in it, just like Michael Gerber. So one of the things we're diving into today on Work On It Wednesday is the key KPIs, the key performance indicators that you should be looking at in your business for success now and success in the future. So uh, Dylan, thanks for joining me again on Wednesday here. And a lot of people rave reviews about work on it Wednesday because we are actually breaking down what we've done in both of our seven figure businesses and what is important to look at, what's important to work on and what is the end goal and how to avoid those hurdles of growth all along the way. Well, all trying to find employees, train employees, and do everything else in between. So uh, without any further delay, I'm going to pop the screen open here and we will uh, take a look at it here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I'll let you lead, brother, and uh, I'm sure I will chime in. Probably we'll talk right over the top as usual. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, that, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah, I know it's a hot topic. Um, especially being mid-season with a lot of the lawn care guys um, and girls. But it's easy to get pretty head down in the business and just like be like, I think I'm doing good. I hope I'm doing good. I got some money in the bank. Um, it's kind of nice when someone can come in and just tell you the numbers that you should be reviewing, um, you know, on a weekly or at least a monthly basis. And um, once you have the system set up to do so, it uh, doesn't take more than a couple minutes to look at this number and you're going to know if you're off base uh, and then it requires some further attention or if that number looks pretty good and, and the, the data source is accurate, then really, you know, you got a, a pretty sound business. Um, now I'm, uh, I definitely love a, a lot of the sales staff uh, stats. Sorry, I can nerd out on that all day, but uh, a lot of the um, people that we help with, especially in the, the service autopilot community, they're really unclear of a lot of their sales numbers. So when, if you're having any type of sales issues, um, you know, the first thing you got to be looking at is, is what percentage are you actually converting? And, you know, if you're using a CRM, this is a very, very easy number to pull. But even if you're using like pen and paper, uh, it's not impossible to pull. It's literally the number of quotes that you've sent out, uh, or, or sorry, the number of quotes that you've won divided by the total number of quotes that you've sent out. Right, so very, very simple calculation and, and the 50% number kind of gets thrown around quite a bit that you want to be ideally converting 100% of your quotes. But if you're converting 100%, you know, you're, you're probably priced a little bit too low. So there is kind of a fine line between winning too many quotes and leaving a little bit of profit on the table. Interesting. So Dylan, what you're talking about is the conversion from somebody who hits your website, calls your office, hits a bot or something like that on social media or texts in. And then that percentage that converts into an actual client. Yep, exactly. So if we're going out across multiple marketing sources, why this would be important is if we're going out and scaling the business. Now, if we have historical numbers, it's really becoming a math game. So if I put X amount of flyers here, X amount in Facebook, X amount here, on average, these percentage should convert across each lead source and become a client. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny that you say lead sources um, because Ooh. that, is, that is, is kind of the next topic. So the, the conversion percentage, great on a high level, right? You want to know kind of high level, okay, we're, we're winning 50% of our quotes. That, 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 that's great to know. You can kind of have a little bit more of a predictable sales flow and, and budget, um, knowing that you close 50% of all estimates that you get. And like Mike said, you can kind of work backwards and say, well, 
how many marketing pieces or how much marketing do I need to do to, you know, if you want to get 100 new clients this year and your, your closing percentage is 50%, well, then we need to generate 200 opportunities, right? And, you know, if you, if you send out 1,000 postcards, let's say, and only 10% or, or 1% of people get back to you, well, these are all just data figures that you can kind of work backwards and say, well, we're going to need to send out maybe it's 25,000 postcards to get enough people requesting a quote so that we can close 50% of those and reach our sales goal. But like you said, uh, not all marketing sources are 100% equal. So uh, you need to be tracking what percentage of your leads are actually coming from each one of these marketing sources. And then almost more importantly, what percentage of those leads from each marketing source are actually converting into clients? Because it's, it's great to say, yeah, we got 10,000 leads from Facebook, but if 0% of them actually converted into a client, um, you know, maybe they'll convert in the future, but really we, we kind of want to live in the moment here and, and, and get some concrete sales today, essentially. All those feel good likes really don't mean anything at the end of the day. It's all about dollars in and dollars out. Um, so funny thing is I haven't seen this. So I'm going to let you go because I have a feeling I know your next slide or two, but um, I think this is really important. So I think lead sources, you need to be tracking, in my opinion, the paid sources, but also the quote unquote non-paid sources as far as like client referrals and people referring as well as um, people seeing your truck or your crews out in the field because technically you, you've got that truck or car wrapped probably or logoed up. Um, there is a cost to that, but there are lead sources that are going to come off of those that will convert higher or lower based on the actual lead source itself. So yeah, great work. I'm kind of curious to see what your next slide is. I'm not really prepared today myself. So yeah, I think I know where you're going and I might have missed that one, but there, there's going to be a couple main KPIs that I was going to ask you at the end of just like, you know, what, what did you use in Callahan's and, and what are you kind of thinking in the back of your mind, high level at Simple Growth that, that we can we can definitely chat about too. But I think before we go over to the sales here quick, let's just let's just uh, pause on, on lead source for a so second. I think I know where you were going to go. Maybe I was going, maybe we'll wrap on it together. So once we've got that and we've got those dollar amounts in tracked per campaign, how much we're spending for each marketing campaign or each flyering campaign. What is the cost per client uh, on average? So client acquisition cost. So how much is it costing to get the client? So you may be looking at it like, wow, home advisor is like a really cheap lead. That cost me 30 bucks. Like we should just triple down on home advisor. But the second part of that is that client lifetime value. So is it a two, a $25 lead acquisition cost, but the lifetime value is only worth 250 bucks where you may have $150 client acquisition cost on a flyer or Facebook, but you've got a 10 or $11,000 client lifetime value. So you kind of got to do the math back and forth to see which one of those you want to double down on. And you may want to spread it across all of them. And now not emotionally, you may know what the client lifetime and revenue that's generating in there. Yep, exactly. And another uh, major one that I, that I missed out here, which ties directly into the lifetime value is just the overall customer churn, right? Uh, a lot of people that we're dealing with, um, you know, my, my um, previous company included, I, I know with yours as well, we're growing really quick. And uh, oftentimes a lot of the focus can just be on growing the sales and everything like that. Well, it's of no value to you if you grow 100% and then you lose, you know, uh, everything that you grew uh, by clients churning out through the, through the back door. So coming in the top of the funnel, there's new ones, and the old ones are popping out the bottom. So we need to have that balance and keep an eye on that. I couldn't agree more. Exactly. So just having a pulse on those numbers, it doesn't need to be this big, complex system. You know, if you're using a CRM, of course, that can be tracked. But even if you're not, just 
okay, if two customers canceled this month, that's not inherently good or bad. That might be a 50% decrease from last June, uh, or you may have had no cancels in June. So this is kind of a, a number that you need to keep a pulse on and just say like, are my overall cancellations as a percentage um, going down or going up? And just having a, a really basic pulse on that, um, it's gonna be huge, right? These are, these are numbers that are crucial to the success of your business. Uh, so the next one here uh, is just people can look at the sales number and they can say, hey, we're, we're growing quick. But I, I think uh, a really, really important one to be looking at is just how are we doing? Um, so let's just look at May that just passed as an example. How did we do this May versus how did we do last May? Um, yes, looking at the aggregate of the sales numbers is, is obviously important, uh, but you want to be comparing kind of apples to apples. And obviously your sales are going to be somewhat cyclical, even if you have a 12 month uh, out of the year business, right? So you don't just want to have a hundred thousand per month sales goal. That's probably not going to be a hundred percent accurate. There's going to be dips in it where it might be 150,000 uh, in sales in May but then it might be 50,000 in June or whatever that looks like. You would just want to have accurate sales numbers that you're forecasting um, and comparing to. Yeah. I love the, the fact that you, you mentioned seasonality because all of us, even in home cleaning or lawn care, or pest control, there's going to be some seasonality. So we need to put that in there, especially like even around the holiday seasons that may be good or bad, depending on the service industry you're in, but we need to be, be going in that YOY is year over year comparison. So we need to go year after year and compare them. So if you're in QuickBooks, uh, we can do a previous year comparison in, the, in, the, in a cural basis, I recommend. And then we want to go the percent change and the dollar change. So you can actually look what you did in 2020 versus 2021 and really get a benchmark. So you'll start to see if you look year after year, there are some definite trends in most markets. Well, pretty much all markets I'm going to recommend. So that that's that's good stuff they're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if you're kind of, like you mentioned QuickBooks, we mentioned, you know, CRM, we mentioned maybe pen and paper. Yes, these might be coming from different sources. And if you're thinking like, I don't really have the time to do this, you know, this is something that once explained to an admin staff or, or someone else you have help helping you at your company, you know, even a virtual assistant, these are numbers that they could be pulling and compiling for you on a monthly basis. And you meet with them for five or 10 minutes and, and review those numbers. But, you know, they, they need to be useful numbers, of course, and they need to be numbers that make sense. So when you see them, um, you, you can make decisions off of them. I know Lori from our team always says like, yes, I can get you this data, but what are you going to do with it? Is it actually going to be something that's useful to you and you can actually make a decision and, and it's going to change the way you're doing things now? Um, so that's, that's something to keep in mind as well. Now this, this ties in a little bit to uh, the webinar we're going to be doing tomorrow and we're going to be going into to major depth with this, but Daily, um, you know, you got to be finding the time to look at your numbers on a daily basis. This is literally the lifeblood of your business. If these jobs are profitable or not, if, if you're dealing with labor in any way, shape or form, um, you know, that's going to be the, the major um, factor here. If these jobs are getting done in a timely manner. So basically the daily budgeted time over under is just a simple check and or report if you're using a CRM to see the times that I set up for budgeted hours. So if, if we're estimating a job is should take about one hour. Well, in reality, how much time did that actually take? So, you know, if it took 50 minutes, great. Um, you know, we're, we're actually basically, we still have time in the budget, but if all of a sudden that job took two hours, well, your job uh, probably just cost you money. 
Yeah, and I think as you're diving into that, Dylan, I don't know if you, you kind of applied it a little bit already, but um, kind of just specifically dialing into it. It's not just the budgeted time on the specific jobs. We also want to track the uh, non-billable mobilization. So like literally your shop time, your drive time. So like the way we did it at, at my company um, really is what we did is I, I got a piece of paper. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. But basically when we started at job A, and went to job B, the clock actually started ticking. So you're going to, you go, that clock is starting to tick at job B. So if you've got a 30 minute job budgeted at job B, you're going to take your 30 minutes starts clicking when you leave job A. Now where it gets interesting is if you've got two people on that crew or truck, that 30 minutes now becomes 15 minutes and you've got to cover that drive time. So what we're finding in most service businesses is two person crew is going to be optimal maximum size unless you're at one or two properties the whole time because if you have an eight hour day and you've got just one hour of just mobilization that's a whole extra hour um time say like 36 bucks an hour break even that's an extra 36 dollars a day of expense that's basically being eroded from the profit um so you really need to go in and figure out what's that non-billable mobilization and work with a financial expert and build that into your hourly rates. You are on average, you're covering that throughout your whole business. But yeah, the daily budgeted time over and under is huge. And that, that builds transparency with your team. So you got that dry erase board or TV in the shop and, and you're showing them uh, hopefully what they're doing and building a uh, friendly competition with quality for accountability. Yeah. So you're, you're basically saying, obviously the more guys on a crew, the more windshield time you're going to have and, um, yeah, you, you definitely got to be tracking that drive time because that, you know, $36 uh, per day, let's say that you're wasting windshield time actually might be fairly low. Oh, yeah. It's significantly low. I mean, it's, it's we see two, two, two and a half hours of non-billable mobilization, usually an average of most of the companies we work with. The other interesting thing is like, so let's just say we're doing a mulch installation job um, or we're going to pick up materials at the nursery, design, build, like a lot of companies aren't paying taking in account for the extra two to three guys on the truck when they're going to the nursery and sitting in line for a half hour and then driving from their shop to the nursery to the job. So after that first load or have it preloaded maybe the night before, when you go to do that job, if you need another five or six yards of mulch, and you got a two or three man crew, those other two guys should literally be spreading and cleaning up that job site while the one guy goes and picks it up and brings it back. So you're, you're taking two thirds of that non-billable drive time and minimizing it. So those are like the silent killers that when we're so busy, we don't track them, but then we see people come back to us and like, you know, September, October and like, Mike, like we're, we're, we're really crushing. We're hitting these budgeted times on a daily basis on these jobs. What's going on with the financial number. But when you dive in to like a service autopilot, you have a drive time costing effect or non-available costing effect based on the particular guys with labor and labor burden. And it, it clearly defines like, yes, you are winning on the job. Everything else is literally destroying your profitability. Um, so that that's important to track that daily and weekly for sure. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people doing that too, where, you know, they're, they're charging a delivery fee cause they got to go and get the materials, but the delivery fee definitely does not take into account, you know, anything going wrong. You know, they have, they have to stop somewhere, get gas, whatever that is. And it's sometimes like 20, 20 bucks. I just want to maybe tack on 20 bucks for, for a delivery charge. Well, like you said, if, if it takes 30 minutes and all of a sudden you got three guys on that crew, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back, maybe, you know, 15 extra minutes of, of just doing who knows what, uh, all of a sudden that adds up very, very quickly. Yeah. So it's, it could be almost three additional hours that you didn't put in that job. 
Exactly. So if you're looking at like three yards of mulch installation, well, on average, it takes about an hour per yard to install it. So you got a three hour budget. You didn't account for the other three hours of screwing around everything else during the day. So that, that seems to be the, the silent profit killer that we see. If you don't track it and realize it, if you realize it in the moment, you can make some course uh, corrections. But if you're looking at this November, December, it's too late. Like you're done. Yeah. And, and volume, obviously you want profitable volume, but volume does cure a, a lot of things in that regard, right? If you had a massive dump trailer where you can load up a bunch of yards of mulch and that drive time essentially in, in effect could be spread out between, you know, that, that load up time and, and all that can be spread out between four or five mulch jobs. Well, all of a sudden that, that effect is way less. And then the same thing with lawn mowing too, right? If you're driving 15 minutes to every job, half your day is going to be driving versus you, you park in a neighborhood and you can bang out, you know, 20, 20 jobs or whatever that might be. Yeah. And it's interesting. So like, as you're talking about that, just kind of a pro tip. So like getting back to the mulch example, because a lot of this stuff can actually be eliminated. So when you're tracking this daily, it causes you to actually look at it in creative ways. Cause it's, it's a, it's a pain point that you may have a hard time overcoming with your pricing and your market. So what we did is we went to Lowe's and home Depot pitted them against each other. And in the spring, in late spring, they always run the uh, like $1.97 a bag of mulch if you buy like six bags. So what we did is we went to the pro desk and uh, went to the pro desk manager and said, listen, uh, we're, we'll commit to buying a tractor trailer full worth of bagged mulch. Um, they don't make you sign anything. They don't hold you to it. But uh, we were able to get our bagged premium mulch, I think at $1.97 a bag. And then uh, we went to him and said, well, listen, uh, can you guys handle the delivery? So we actually dialed it into, I believe at the few years ago, it was $10 per delivery. It didn't matter if it was two bags or a whole tractor trailer full. We did one at HOA that was 187 yards, I think, or 185 yards of mulch with bag mulch. They staged all the pallets in front of all the units. We cut two days of labor off with a seven or eight man crew. And the cleanup wow. was like non-existent. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the client saw it as a higher perceived value because it was bagged mulch. Like, was it was it probably not? But perception was was, wow, we're getting premium mulch for a really good price. But where I'm going with this is now you may not need that dump truck or the dump trailer. You could have a Ford Ranger or a real small Chevy pickup or Ford pickup, uh, two wheel drive Southern model and have some wheelbarrows and some blowers and some rakes in there and not have to have a 60 or $70,000 vehicle. So -hmm. now you could have four or five crews doing the same amount of work and have it drop shipped and staged the day before. Um, so that there's, there's some creative ways. Once we look at the daily times when you're not hitting them or you're hitting them, like you can say, okay, well, how can we creatively resolve the issue? Cause we're making great money on site, but the overhead of this machine, this big dump truck and piling a couple guys into it is killing us. So if you're not looking at it, you don't start thinking outside of the box, how to creatively overcome that. So just kind of a pro tip that we did. And uh, I know quite a few companies still doing it. So Lowe's and home Depot, you want to talk to the pro desk. Not the garden center. ProDesk, from what I understand, gets paid on a, uh, a volume, not a profit percentage. So they're willing to take a loss on the product uh, just cool. to get their bonuses. So pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that's like the definition of uh, work smarter, not harder. That's and, and potentially cutting out some trailer and, and truck costs. That's that's huge. Yeah, it's kind of something cool that uh, I actually learned from Garrett Matthews. So I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, the Southern boys are pretty smart when it comes to, to making it work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, next one here. We don't need to spend much time on it, but yes, you can you can look very granularly at the daily numbers, uh, and you don't want to, you know, dismiss a day that's unprofitable. Obviously, you want to look at that a little bit further. But hey, they could just be having an off day too. 
um, you know, our market was huge. Some sometimes it would literally be pouring rain in one section of it uh, and snowing in the winter, and other times there would be no precipitation, right? So th these things obviously uh, affect the the efficiency uh, on some of these days. So it is nice to look at things in an aggregate and say, how do they actually perform in the week, right? If you don't want to necessarily be bickering uh, over your guys about being a little bit less efficient on one day if they absolutely crushed it on the week, right? Um, so, so looking at things as a whole, I, I think is probably actually um, almost more valuable in the long run, but you do need to have a pulse on the daily numbers for sure. Love it. Um, yeah, so that one, uh, obviously pretty self-explanatory yeah. there. We don't need to, to spend much time here. We'll be hitting more of that on the webinar tomorrow night, I believe at 8 p.m. Eastern. But the, the idea is like when you look at that weekly thing, we're going to dive into that tomorrow night and really lift the hood and dial into it. But you're going to find you got crews that are crushing it for you. You got other ones that are bleeding you dry and they're just hiding behind the scenes, keep that pulse to 40 hours. So we're going to show you on that webinar how to really um, dial in and understand that and um, be able to actually use that data and work with your teams for a productive but efficient conversation to get, get them back on track. And either we're going to coach them up or, well, we just might have to coach them out. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, and there is a fine line between, you know, uh, obviously you want – peak performance and efficiency, but people can get pretty, uh, pr pretty, I don't know what the word is, but a little bit antsy when you're, you're riding them a little bit too hard on, on just like peak performance 24 seven, there are going to be, Oh, they'll get sloppy uh, brother. They will get sloppy. Uh, I've seen both ups and downs. And we'll talk about that tomorrow yeah. night too, for sure. No, for sure. So this isn't necessarily, um, maybe something that's ingrained in the CRM, uh, whatever CRM you might be using. Uh, if your payroll is in there, of course, uh, you know, it, it would be, but something that people don't necessarily have a huge pulse on. Uh, yes, we're, we're calculating the drive time and all that, but what's the percentage of actual time that you're paying people for, uh, or, or sorry, that they're actually working like kind of billable hours to, to some degree, uh, versus the actual payroll hours that you're paying them, uh, basically at the end of the week. Right, because yes, you know, you could be tracking tracking drive time uh, in service autopilot. You could be trying to track everything, uh, but sometimes little things will get missed. And really, what you're actually paying them for um, that that gross payroll amount, however many hours they're actually getting paid for, uh, is a very valuable number that you need to be tying back into some of their performance data here to make sure that a our, is 20% of our week, uh, you know, just kind of fudged, and and that's loading time and shop time and gas time. Um, and once you have a baseline for that, maybe maybe 20% is the number, then you can start work looking at ways, like Mike said, um, with the, the mulch example. But maybe it's a, something, I, I know you've spoken about this before many times, where the guys are near one job, they're going to a gas station, and all of a sudden that, that quick little fill-up or bathroom bake is, is a 30-minute break that, that really wasn't scheduled. So all these little things can uh, be looked at once you know, how much efficiency are we losing in a week? So things like that you can look at for, for that specific scenario would be, hey, well, maybe if they're using the gas station as an excuse, maybe we actually get some fuel tanks on site and the second stop of the day isn't the gas station and, you know, Tim Hortons and, you know, 30 minutes of, of unbillable time. I don't know about them Timbits, brother. I want to cut up the Timmy Ho stop, but those can be expensive. We had a guy, it was costing him, uh, about $1,500 in additional paper performance pay just stopping Dunkin' Donuts each day. 
So we'll, we'll dive into a little more of the math around that tomorrow night. But that was that was an eye opener to the individual because at that point he was getting paid by the budgeted time, not the actual time. And I wanted to make more money and he just couldn't understand why he wasn't hitting his numbers like everybody else. So we used the GPS in the truck to kind of figure out what was going on. And lo and behold, it was that, that Dunkin' Donuts stop that was crushing him, put him right into traffic. Yep. Yep. No, that's, that's huge. So these are just kind of a, a variety of KPIs that you need to be thinking about, but really what you want to do is kind of bundle these into to some type of document. If it's all in your CRM, great. These are just going to be reports that you're kind of looking at, but the more important thing is not having the report um, that, you know, you can go and access is do you actually have a pulse to be looking at these numbers? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Do you actually have something blocked out in your calendar that says no matter what else is going on, I'm going to take five minutes and look at these numbers and make sure that my business is on track. And this probably isn't the totality of all the ratios and, and you know KPIs that you need to be looking at, but this is definitely a good start. And um, if there's any other other key ones that people want us to dive into a little bit deeper, you know, you can put it in the in, in the comments or any major ones that you think we missed. But this is, I think, is a great starting point. Um, and obviously, we're going to dive into things uh, quite a bit deeper tomorrow. Yeah, no, great, great work on this, Dylan. I think that, uh, I mean, to be transparent, just for simple growth, I was on QuickBooks Online uh, before our team called 11, and I was running the stale stats mid-month, mid how much we had to hit for the next 15 days. And uh, I was also looking at the um, budget first actual, so setting up a budget in QuickBooks desktop or online. So maybe that on one of these working on Wednesdays, we can actually go in into uh, one of my QuickBooks account and actually show you how to build out a budget. But that's huge because now – when we go in, in QuickBooks, we actually have a budget. Um, and based on the actual numbers that are happening, we can run those comparisons and there actually is some good, great data in there. So um, that, that's a key. But I think if uh, you are going to go down that road with the budgeting in QuickBooks, have a, have a talk with your accountant to make sure they're talking contractor accounting, not accountant accounting talk, because the way they're going to approach certain things and track it is going to be for a tax purpose. And not necessarily how you're going to look at it as a daily or weekly or monthly or quarterly um, cadence for profit and loss. Um, so those are the major things you want to look at because your accountant could be accelerating the depreciation. So it looks like you either made more or less than you actually did. It could be looking at the cash basis when you actually got paid, not when the, the actual revenue was won and sold. So those are some things we want to look at. And then probably the last one is um, going in. And um, I forget where I was going with this one, but basically going in and tracking um, any of the, the reoccurring subscriptions or like services as far as like lawn mowing, fertilizing, what is the reoccurring revenue that ought, goes pretty much forever till they cancel? And then what's the one-time revenue? Obviously, the value of your business, the longevity of the business is going to be based greater upon the reoccurring Mm -hmm. then the one time. And then the third stat there is the expansion of the upsell. So going in and raising that client lifetime value systematically through an upsell process, the way we do in the automation. So uh, Dylan, any closing thoughts here before we wrap it up? I know I got to get on a uh, training call with another uh, client here in a few minutes, but um, things have been rocking and rolling. And I think it's important that uh, we take the time to work on it and help other people work on it on Wednesdays here. So I can't wait till next week and uh, tomorrow night. I got to get some rest. We got a big night ahead of us for the uh, KPI um, webinar and job costing that we're going to be doing uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, and if anybody is uh, did not receive an email from me regarding that, and they'd like access to the webinar, you can definitely reach out to me, uh, Dylan D I L L A N at simplegrowthsystems.com. 
but otherwise, yeah, just, just make sure you're spending whether, whether you started out at two minutes a month, whatever that might be, lock out two minutes and, and put together uh, even some of these KPIs that we were talking about in a Google sheet and start tracking them on a monthly basis. And that's, that's really where you got to start and it'll evolve from there. Love it. Well, I'll see you tomorrow night. Work on it Wednesdays. We'll see everybody else that doesn't attend tomorrow night. You're going to miss out if you don't. Uh, next Wednesday, I'm working on Wednesdays and uh, we'll post on Facebook uh, about what we're going to be diving into. If you have any comments or questions on the live or recorded version, pop them in or a topic you'd like us to cover on, work it, work on it Wednesday. It's a mouthful for Wednesday, brother. All right. I will <laughs> see you tomorrow night. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an Estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.